Sovereign Father, come in this place today and do what only you can do, God. Bring us into your presence and into the midst of your glory that we might be changed forever, God, because of the peace that your spirit brings. We can't find anywhere else but in you, O oh God. Strengthen and sustain those who hear this word today in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in his presence. So let me begin by saying welcome. Thank you for joining us this morning. We are blessed to be able to come and celebrate Jesus one more time. We're only a few weeks away from our uh, grand opening in our new location. And uh, yeah, amen. I'll be ready for the work to be done. Uh, all y'all be walking in uh, just seeing it for the first time, and I'm going to be taking a nap. So uh, that, there's, uh, there's, there's three weeks from today. We will be having our first Sunday service there. Now, the night before that, 6.30, we're going to be having a building dedication and a uh, ministerial affirmation service, so uh, keep that in mind. Uh, the Sunday before that, I want to have my workers come out, uh, those that are ushers and greeters and things like that so you can kind of get the lay of the property there's a lot of exits a lot of entrances a lot of bathrooms um, it, it would be nice if like you know uh, parents knew where children's church was and the nursery workers know where the nursery is and those kind of things so we don't want you showing up on day one thinking that it's laid out like this place is because it's not almost everybody that comes in there for the first couple of times gets turned around gets a little bit lost I have a real talent of just disappearing on people because I know all the secret shortcuts because I've been there so long now. Uh, you can be talking to me and 20 seconds later you can't find me. So that's, uh, uh, so, uh, that, that's something we're going to do for the workers uh, the week before we open. So we're very close. Uh, time is drawing nigh uh, on a lot of things. Of course, this is a big week for our nation. Be in prayer. Uh, I hope you do go out and vote if you haven't already. I haven't had an opportunity to. I wanted to, but every time I got ready to go, I couldn't take an hour away from painting and, and such and building and constructing to, to go out and wait in line. But I plan to do that uh, between now and Tuesday. Uh, keep this in mind. I know we saw a little video that reminded us of this. But keep in mind, our end game is not here. Our end game is heaven and trying to take as many folks with us as, as we can as we go. Amen. So, so don't, don't let stuff that happens here in the temporal divide us for eternity. Because that just doesn't make any sense to God or anybody else. So, so just, just keep that in mind. Vote who, how you want to vote and, and, and pray that the nation uh, goes in the direction of God. Because a nation who makes its God the Lord uh, is blessed. So, so pray and vote. And, but don't, don't let this petty stuff. This is all temporal. Uh, when, when everything else has fallen away, you can stand on the word of God. But everything else is just here for a while. Amen. So, so uh, a matter of fact, I read the end of the book, and I found out that this whole place gets thrown into a lake of fire in the end. So I, I'm not going to stake my reputation, my witness for God, or, or my eternity on something that's not going to last for eternity. Can I hear somebody say amen? So I'm going to jump right into my sermon this morning. I am excited about this sermon. I wasn't excited about it until last night, and then I got real excited about it. And this morning, uh, as I was reading over my notes and adding some things and tweaking some things, uh, I got very excited. Uh, this is probably the most important message of this series that I'm doing, this series called Ready 
to move. This is the fourth uh, in this series, fourth message in this series. In week one, we talked about the Red Sea moment. That's when God miraculously delivered the entire nation of Israel in one single night. And then in week two, we talked about how God brings us out of moments, but it's really a long game. It's an enduring journey and how God, through the journey, keeps providing everything we need to make it through. Amen. Where God leads, He provides. Amen. And so God is the healer and the giver of the miracles of every moment. But He's also the sustainer and the provider and the protector of the movement. I have had to depend on God. Uh, to get me through these last six months. I prayed in the beginning, God, you've got to help me uh, stay healthy. You've got to protect me, not let me get sick. I, I, I've got too much work to do. I still, in these next three weeks, have too much work to do. Uh, we just found out yesterday that we we got to get a group together and go do some work down on West Street because we was left a mess, and we're going to have to go straighten that up uh, before we can get some stuff sold. So uh, it, it, things happen. Things come up, and, and you got to, God has to be the not only the, the miracle worker that brings us out in moments, but he has to provide along the way. And that's what I want to talk about this, this morning because last week I told you that there are emotional baggages that you carry that causes you sometimes to miss what God is doing in your life. And today I want to talk about something that is very vital to your journey. It's the biggest and the most important lesson that we have covered in this series so far, and it's this simple phrase, through the ups and the downs of our journey. One thing never changes. Everything else does, but one thing never changes. God's presence is constant. His presence is constant. That means He is always there. And if He is always there, He is always working. If He is always working, that means He is always caring. He is always calling us to follow Him more closely. Now, I want to challenge you this morning because it's 9 o'clock in the morning and some of you haven't knocked a sleepy out of your eyes. I want to challenge you and ask you because you, some of you have been in this journey for a long time. And sometimes we get complacent because we come to church every Sunday. Maybe we fill a position at the church. Maybe we have uh, been walking with Christ for a, a long, long, long time. I want to ask you, when was the last time you got moved in worship? I'm not talking about that, that you saw something. that, that I'm, I'm talking about when was the last time you and God had a moment where during worship you shut out the rest of the world and was just totally singly focused on who it was that you were worshiping. You wasn't, sing, you wasn't worried about what pitch your voice was in. You wasn't worried about whether or not the, the piano player was on time or the drummer was on time. All you were concerned about, you got lost in the moment of who it was that you were worshiping. Because many times we start out on this journey in love with God. We fall in love with Jesus and we bow our knee to Him. But somewhere along the lines we start taking God for granted. And it's not that we backslide, and it's not that we fall into a life of sin, it's that we stop being enamored by His presence. We stop realizing that God is with us always. And because He is with us always, it's easy to take Him for granted. It's, it's easy for us to assume, well, He's always been here. He'll just always be here. 
Now, time doesn't permit me this morning to take you over to the Old Testament and show you how dangerous it is to assume that just because you start with God means you finish with God. I could take you and show you Samson who thought God was going to be with him as he was before. But when he shook himself like he did before, he realized the spirit had left and he didn't realize God was gone. So some of us come to church on the regular basis, but we forget to maintain this relationship with God that causes us to love Him more today than we did yesterday. That's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Exodus chapter 13 is where I'm going to take my text from. I'm going to read it out of the New Living Translation. Why? Because I love a word that is in this translation that you don't find in any other translation. My sermon this morning, if I had a second uh, title for my message, it's Life in the Roundabout. Mm. Life in the Roundabout. Verse 17 says, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory. Even though, oh, let's, let's, let's talk about our journey for a minute. Even though it was the shortest route. To the promised land. And here's why. Don't you, listen, before I read it, before I keep reading, don't you always ask God for the shortest route? Don't you just always ask God, if you're going from A to B, you want not only the shortest route and the quickest route, but the easiest route? You're always asking God to make things easier. But listen to what the Bible says. God did not lead them along the main road, even though it was the shortest route. And here's why. If the people are faced with a battle... They might change their mind and go back to Egypt. Sometimes you get stuff out of the struggle, you don't get nowhere else. So God, verse 18, led them in the roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. Jump down to verse 21. The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them toward the day with a pillar of cloud. He provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire from its place from in front of the people. He did not remove it. He did not remove His presence. God was with them always. And when God is with us always, sometimes we have a tendency to take Him for granted. The journey from bondage to the promised land is ultimately a picture of God delivering you from death to life. It is a picture of God bringing you from, from bondage to a new eternal purpose. And this happens in three phases. Are you ready for this? There's sin in life. Every person, the Bible says, is born into a world of sin. But God has a plan to deliver you from three things. The penalty of sin, the power of sin, and ultimately the presence of sin. How does that happen? First of all, when you believe on Christ Jesus, the Bible says you are immediately, completely, and permanently delivered from the penalty of sin. Because the Holy Spirit comes to live in you, He equips you with every resource that you need to make it from here to heaven. 
You have a new position when you believe. You have a new status in heaven. You have a new identity from your heavenly father. When you are delivered from the penalty of sin. However, when he delivers you from the penalty of sin, that does not take away the power of sin. Being delivered from the power of sin is a lifelong process. As a matter of fact, you are slowly, progressively delivered from the power of sin because you have to learn how to walk like Jesus. You get saved in an instant. It happens immediately. But you get delivered slowly. Because He is teaching you to be more like Him. He gives you power to overcome. He gives you privilege in order to gain an upper hand on the enemy. He gives you an opportunity to serve Him. However, you take you everywhere you go. And that's where the mess comes in. It's it's in this part of the journey that the old dead things hangs around trying to influence you to go back to the way you used to live. But you have been born again. The Bible says you are brand new. You're a thing that never existed before. And so you're supposed to live like Jesus now. But it does get tough sometimes to put old things to bed. Phase three is you're eventually going to permanently, once and for all, be delivered from the very presence of sin. However, that's not going to happen until you draw your last breath. Either you go by way of the grave or by way of the rapture, but either way, you're going to be in the presence of Almighty God. And when you're finally there, you will finally, once and for all, be delivered from the presence of sin. You will live in perfect unity and intimacy with God in in heaven forever. You will have a place and a life that will never fade away. And for once and for all, God will have you worshiping Him with a whole heart and a whole mind and a whole life. He didn't get it down here but he'll get it up yonder somebody give God some praise in this church what does that mean pastor that means that God is trying to get you to be intimate with him now but you got you got your eye on so many other things you you are so distracted by other stuff you got your eye on relationships you got your eye on career you got your eye on material things you got your eye on health issues you got your eye on this that and the other and you are not intimate with him at the degree that he wants you to be so he's finally going to remove all the other stuff and be the apple of your eye as you have been to his so that so that so that is our ultimate goal we're on a journey He brought us out of bondage and we are on a journey to the promised land. And throughout that journey, there is one simple thing that you must remember. This message this morning is a simple one. There is a simple thing that you have to learn to remember from your place of bondage to your place of deliverance. Follow the cloud. God's got your back. Follow the cloud. The cloud. The Bible said God's presence was in the cloud. And by day it was a pillar of cloud by day. And at night it was a pillar of fire by night. And God's presence was with them for always. He did not remove his presence. So follow the cloud. God's got your back. Our entire life as a believer is a test. It's a test to see whether you trust the God who is leading you. It's a test. You wake up in some situations and you say, what's going to happen next? I have no idea. Every problem, you don't have a solution to. How's this thing going to work out? Not a clue. 
What, 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 what's going to become of my family? What's going to happen down at work? What's going to happen when I go to the doctor the next time? I don't know, but one thing I'm sure of, I'm going to keep following that cloud. I don't know what I'm going to be up against. I don't know what I'm going to be turning into. I don't know how many enemies I'm going to have to fight or how many Red Seas are in my future. God does not give me all that information up front. He gives me just enough light to take the next step because His Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He doesn't show me the next six months. He doesn't show me the next ten years. He shows me what I'm going to face right now in this moment and I'm unsure what's going to happen tomorrow but I know one thing. I'm going to keep following that cloud because if God brought me to it God's going to bring me through it and I will fail in my own strength but I'm going to follow that cloud when God calls me to a journey and I'm walking in step with him and all hell fights me I'm going to follow that cloud because God's got my back when I'm facing scary obstacles and setbacks and delays and detours I'm going to make my mind up to follow that cloud because God's got my back when I have blown it and I have fallen and I have failed God, I'm going to pick myself up again and decide I missed you yesterday, but today I'm going to follow that cloud because God's got my back. When I think that I've run out of resources and I don't have any strength left and I'm in a desperate situation and I don't even know if I can put one foot in front of the other, I'm going to say, God, if you'll give me the strength, I'll follow that cloud because you've got my back. When I'm facing an opportunity that I'm not sure that I can make it up and I'm I'm not, I'm not sure that I'm going to be a success and I'm worried and I'm fearful. I'm going to keep following the cloud because God always has my back. Whether I've lost money, whether I've lost friends, whether I've lost relationships, whether I've lost my mind, I'm going to keep following that cloud because God's got my back. It's the cloud that has his presence. It contains his essence. And if God is with me, who cares who's against me? Because God, God, God can be trusted. Folks are phony. But God can be trusted. That's what gets me out of bed on a cold Sunday morning and gets me into his house. That's what keeps me going when life seems to be falling apart. Following the cloud. God's got my back. The Bible tells me that God watches over me. He orders my steps. He causes me to be blessed because, here's why, we are a display of His glory. That means us looking good makes Him look good. When you look bad, uh, do I need to finish that thought? You are His handiwork. So when you're living right, heaven looks right. When you live in wrong and calling yourself right, you're con you're, you are a contradiction and a confusion to those that are trying to find the Lord. You ever saw a kid with tangled hair, dirty clothes, missing a shoe, looking like they ain't had a bath in a month? And the first thing that crosses your mind is they must not have a mama. Because you know good and well mama ain't letting that kid out of the house looking like that. When a kid is, is in church sitting in the pew in front of you, acting a fool, wiping their nose on the back of the pew, pouring their milk in your shoe and in your purse, you start thinking, don't you? That kid ain't got no raisin. Do you know that God doesn't want the world looking at you? 
and thinking, who is raising these heathens anyway? <laughs> I mean, God does not want you calling yourself a Christian or a preacher or an ambassador of heaven, a representative of who God is. And when you leave the room, they want to say, who is raising that bunch of heathens? Because that does not sound like Jesus at all coming out of their mouth. Have you ever been reading a book? I know, I know books is a, a thing of the past. Do you remember when you used to read books? I've always loved to read. I used to cry when I was a little boy that I couldn't read. When I finally learned to read, I went wild and, and, and read everything I could get my hands on. And I'm still an avid reader. And I know uh, reading books has been replaced by tablets and such. And if you do that, I ain't mad at you. But I just like books. I like the smell of books. I like the feel of books. I like having books on my library shelves. I don't know. I'm just old-fashioned that way. I just like books. And have you ever been reading a book and the story was full of drama? Like it was a good book, it had twists and turns and maybe kind of like a whodunit where somebody got into a mess and they had to get their way out. Now if on page one the airplane goes down and everybody dies, that's a pretty short and sorry book, isn't it? But a good author, a good writer knows how to keep your suspense. And if you just read to the point where the plane goes down, that's not a very good story. But a good author knows how to keep the suspense going. He, makes, he gets you invested in the storyline. He makes you not close the book, but turn the page. A good writer knows how to make you interested in what's coming next. I wish I had a witness. If you would judge the future of Israel by what they're going through in the wilderness, you're going to have a tough time believing anything good is going to happen. Because things in their world looks pretty silly right now. They're walking around the same mountain for 40 years. I mean, didn't anybody ever recognize that rock? Didn't any? I can imagine somebody's wife looked over at their husband and says, I don't know where Pastor Moses has taken us, but I have seen that rock for the past 37 years. I, I ain't trying to start no trouble. I'm not trying to sow discord in the church, but we have passed that rock every November for the past. Y'all ain't going to help me. See, y'all, y'all, y'all act like wives don't ever do that. Um, you got off the wrong exit, huh? Or maybe we should have already got off on an exit because we've passed by. I know I've seen that rock for 37 years. And they're walking around this same mountain. And if all you're judging Israel's future by is the page you're reading right now. Life looks pretty silly. Now look at your life. Look at where you are right now. Look at the struggles you are facing today. Where I'm at, at my, at my story right now is not my whole book. Where I'm at right now in my story is just a single page. I might be living out a chapter, but it is not a book. As a matter of fact, if it wasn't COVID and we were packed in here, I'd tell you to look at your neighbor today and say, my book ain't finished yet. Because I want you to realize this morning that God's still writing some stuff in your story. He has not put a period, uh, He has put a comma at the end of this day. So please stop trying to interrupt God and put periods where he has only placed a comma. Because the latter shall be greater than the former. The end of a thing will be greater than the thing that I have already came through. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 2 says that you are an epistle being read by all men. That, that means that you 
are being watched by folk. People are looking at you, watching you, reading you. You're the only Bible some folk are ever going to read. And hear me, they're not just reading the chapters you want them to. They're not just reading the ones where you look real good. They see the mistakes too. They see the egg on your face. They see the hot mess that you turned into. They see the roundabouts. They see when God said He was going to bring you out and you proclaimed and told everybody, Oh, I'm coming out. I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm the head, not the tail. And they watched you walk around the same roundabout. Even though that wasn't the shortest distance between two points. Even though it wasn't the easiest path. Even though that God could have surely made a way in another direction. They watched you wander around the same mountain. And you know what they was watching for? They was watching to see if the God that you loved 40 years ago is still the same God that you are professing today or have you lost faith in God because he took you away that you wasn't prepared to take I know you wanted it 40 years ago I know you was expecting it to happen by now I realize that the times have been tough and that everything hasn't been the way you wanted it to but do you still tell everybody how blessed you are even though life don't look blessed right now That's what they're watching. They're reading your life to see if you still profess the same faith you did before you got into this roundabout. They don't just watch where you broke through. They watch where you broke down. Can I get a witness? And if they stop reading right here, if they stop reading where you are presently, both you and God look pretty rough. But I came here to tell somebody this morning to get ready to move because it's time to turn the page. I'm talking about being ready to move from where you've been to where you're going to. Just go ahead and get ready to turn the page. See, one thing I appreciate about God when He wrote His book is how transparent He is about the folks that He used. I'm grateful that God was willing to use flawed, faulty material. I appreciate especially the fact that, that he used folks that made boo-boos. Because I can't relate to perfect people at all. Because there is nothing perfect about this person standing in this pulpit this morning. But I can relate to some jacked up folks. Some messed up people. Some people with some dysfunction in them and in their family. I can, I can relate to defective people. I mean, I'm talking about folks that realizes that they're not all that in a bag of chips and is ready to profess that even though I'm broken, God still loves me. I can relate to them people. Just like, now, here's the thing. When I read the Old Testament patriarchs and I read their story, it inspires me. Do you realize that somebody is reading your story for the same reason? I'm grateful when I read about Abraham, who is called the father of faith. But he got scared. And he lied about his wife being his sister. I like that story. I like it when I read and laugh a little bit when I read about Jacob who cheated his own brother. Yeah, I can relate to that. Y'all ain't going to help me right there. Or how about when Elijah called down fire from heaven and then immediately ran and asked God to let him die. Oh, I can relate to that story. How about Jonah, who when God said, go to Nineveh and preach my gospel, he said, I ain't going to do it because them people will get saved and I don't want to be in heaven if they're there. 
I can relate to Jonah a little bit. I don't like these perfect people. Or how about Peter? I love Peter. I love Peter because every time Peter opened his mouth, he stuck his foot in it. He would get rebuked by Jesus and loved on by Jesus in the same sentence. He lost his mind, cussed out a little girl, and chopped off a soldier's ear. I like Peter. But I'm also glad that when I keep reading the story, I find out that Jesus didn't leave him a failure standing there with a bloody ear in his hand. He kept using him and turned him into a powerhouse on Pentecost. Somebody say, you got to turn the page. See, if, you, if all you ever read about is when Peter cussed out a little girl and cut off a soldier's ear, you would think Peter was an absolute failure. But you got to turn the page. you got to keep reading. See, that's the thing. You can't stop reading too early. And you can't put a period at the end of my story just because I'm standing here today in a mess that I'm standing in. i got dysfunction following me. I've made some mistakes. I've fallen down. But honey, you got to get ready to turn the page because I'm not here to die. This story is not complete you got to turn the page. Now I'm talking to folks in this room that knows exactly how it feels to fall flat on your face. But you don't stop there, baby. you got to turn the page. You can cry if you got to cry. You can moan if you got to moan. But when you get done bawling and squalling, get up and turn the page. God's not done with you yet. It can't end here. There's another page. Now if it ended here, it would look ridiculous. Because it would look like God didn't have a plan. If all of them died without ever getting into the wilderness, that looks bad on the Lord. It looks like He got them out of Egypt and then said, I don't know what to do with it. it would look, if it ends here, it looks like God didn't have an answer to the devil. If it ends here, it looks like God is a little bit confused. If it ends here, it gives the appearance... That God did not know what was about to happen to you. But if I read my Bible correctly, it says that he is the author and the finisher of my faith. And that if he started a good work in me, he will finish that good work in me. So, turn the page and let him keep on reading your story. Because I'm not dead yet. I'm not finished yet. The enemy's always trying to get you to stay where you are. The enemy's always trying to get you to not turn the next page. But you can't afford to live in fear of turning the next page. Because Jesus can show up for my miracle three days late. But I can't afford to. Because if I'm three days late, I miss my miracle. Jesus can show up and bring a miracle with him. But if I show up too late for my miracle, then I've missed it. Israel... Spent 40 years marching around the same mountain because they refused to turn the page. What a shame it is to spend all your time walking around your blessing and never snatching it. Always going to get my marriage right. Always going to correct my attitude. I'm always fixing to or getting ready to. How many of you, don't raise your hands in there, but how many of you, did you know today is November 1? How many of you wasted 2020 and blamed it on COVID? They're blaming COVID on everything. We've been having this discussion lately. Me and the Cochran Bunch, we, everything's blamed on COVID. I stubbed my toe, it's COVID's fault. My tires wore out this year because of COVID. 
Can't nobody get no materials and it's always COVID. Everybody must have ordered garage doors during COVID. There's a shortage on them because I guess they cure COVID with garage doors. But how many of you wasted 2020 because of COVID being an excuse to just shut down? And you've just been marching around the same mountain that you've been facing all your life. You don't have a vision. You never set no goals. And you didn't possess anything all year because somebody got a virus somewhere. And you didn't notice how quiet it got in here just now, did you? Folks have been coming in and out of this church in 2020, and it's almost the end of it. And they've been walking in and out the doors of this church, taking the same devil home with them that they brought in. Because they've never turned the page. They never got ready to move. They brought fear in. They walked out with it. They entertained doubt and non-commitment and rebellion. And and they're just keeping it close by. See, I've come to irritate and aggravate and frustrate you. I've come to stomp on your toes so hard that you will limp out of here this morning. Because I want you to understand that until you get ready to turn the page, I can't turn it for you. And some folks have had their whole life on hold. Waiting on somebody to apologize for something that the apology is never coming. Waiting on somebody to call them back. Waiting on somebody to give them the promotion or give them the chance or give them the opportunity or give them the job. They have been wasting years and I've come to tell you it's time to turn the page. You have been holding on to the wrong thing long enough. It is time to hang up and turn the page. You have a destiny to fulfill. You've got a family to raise. You've got to turn the page and move on. Some of you had people lie on you until they run out of lies and started regurgitating the lies that they told the last time. You've been in the roundabout. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You get mad at them, you forgive them. You get mad at them, you forgive them. You get mad. Y'all ain't going to help me. You you let it go. You pick it back up. You let it go. You, You bring it to the altar. You say you're done with it. You go home. You see what they're doing on Facebook. You feel that temperature raising up in your head again. You're mad all over again oh God I thought I was finished with that it's the life in the roundabout you're just walking around the same mess and you just keep regurgitating the same old process over and over and over it's time to turn the page uh huh some people went through what you went through in this past season they took a handful of sleeping pills and didn't make it some folks went through what you went through they lost their minds Some of them lost their faith. But look at you. You still have a chance. You didn't die because God hasn't put a period at the end of this. Turn the page. Turn the page. Turn the page. God's not finished with you yet. You're still here. Some of you have survived diseases. Some of you have survived divorce. Some of you survived gossip and spiritual assassins. But you made it. And if you'll ever turn the page, you'll find out that it's just a chapter that's behind you. And the one in front of you has full of promise and glory on it. See, if you give up on me now, you're going to miss the best chapter of my life. If you try to put a period at the end of where I am right now in this season, you're going to miss what's going to happen because I'm on the verge. I'm on the verge. You hear me? Real soon I'm going to turn the page. 
because I'm ready to move. 2020 has not taken the faith out of me. I'm ready to move. Six months working on a building and being all by myself has not taken faith out of me. I'm ready to move. I'm ready to turn the page. I don't know who I'm talking to in this church, but I'm going to see some I'm going to see some deliverances come to the house of God. I'm going to see some dreams realized. I'm going to see some prophecies fulfilled. I'm going to see some marriages put back together. I'm going to see some, some salvation coming to your children. I'm going to see some finances supernaturally released. I wish to God somebody in this church would get it in their spirit that devil you should have stopped me before I turn this page because it's on this page that I put my foot on your neck it's on this page that I become an overcomer it's on this page I leap over walls I pull down strongholds when I turn the page I defeat principalities and powers and strongholds Woo! it's time to turn the page I'm ready to move I'm ready to move. Turn the page. If you're going to cry, get ready to cry. Because it's time to turn the page and put that mess behind you. If you're going to weep, hurry it up. If you're going to grieve over what you lost and you're going to mourn, get it done. Because just in a second, God's going to entice you to turn the page. And weeping is enduring for the night, but joy is coming in the morning. Get ready to turn the page. I'm ready to move. Now some of y'all don't know what it's like to read books no more because everything's electronic. But sometimes when you can't turn the page, you gotta you gotta moisten the corner of that page because what's about to happen has got you excited enough to prepare for what you're about to unveil on the next. And I have spent the last 10 days getting ready to preach this message and I'm facing moving across town and I am tired and I am physically beat up. All my fingers are busted. I bleed every single day. I'm, I, I'm, I sleep not well at all. I've eaten like garbage. I, my, 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 my mind is in a thousand places at one time but at the same time I've been walking around going... I'm getting ready to turn this page. <laughs> I, I'm just preparing myself because, because, yeah, I'm tired, but I'm getting ready to turn the page. I, I, I ain't had all the help I wanted, but I'm getting ready to turn the page. I, I still got deadlines to meet, but I'm getting ready to turn the page. I, I don't know I don't know why that person left and didn't come back, but I'm going to turn the page. I, I don't know why I've been fighting the way I'm fighting, but I just I can't help. I'm excited about what's on the next page. I just keep licking my fingers and getting ready because what's on the next page has got me so excited. I can't hardly stand it. I got to turn to pay. In my marriage, I got to turn to pay. In my family, I got to turn to pay. In my career, I got to turn to pay. In my health, I got to turn to pay. I got to turn to pay. I'm ready to move. So here's what we're going to do. I know it's COVID. I know, but if you're sitting that close to somebody, you feel comfortable around them anyway. He'd probably been stuck with folks for six months. You thought Jesus is the only one closer than a brother. That house got small, didn't it? So on the count of three, 
Sometimes in the natural, you do what you're going to do in the spirit. So on the count of three, we're going to turn the page. Are you ready? Because sometimes I just got to visualize. See, I'm a simple person. People think I'm deep, but I'm just simple. And sometimes I just have to visualize. I can't hardly stand how exciting I, excited I am about what's on the next page. And when I get into a book, I can shut out everything. The TV can be on. The dogs can be barking. My wife can be telling me her life story. I could have a house fire happening. Ambulances could be coming in across the street. And if I get immersed in what I'm reading, I don't hear none of it. I mean, the house could come crumbling down around me, and I don't hear none of it. And when I'm really tied up in what I'm reading, I can't wait to get to the next page because the story has got me so engrossed that I can't wait to see how this thing is going to turn out and I'm wanting somebody to get in your spirit this morning I told you this message was important I want you to get excitement in your spirit before we turn the page I don't want you to just figuratively do something I want you to get excited about a thing I want you to say where I've been is not where I'm going to die where I've been is not where I'm going to stay where I've been is not what God's got for me God's got bigger plans than where I am and it's time for me to turn, turn the page I'm ready to move I want to go into something that I haven't been in yet are you ready promise of victory let's turn the path I'm excited about it I'm anticipating the thing I can't hardly stand it I can't hardly wait I got my fingers wet ready three I'm ready ready what is it two are you ready one turn the page give God some prayer turn the page turn the page I'm ready to move Get this past off me. Get this darkness away from me. I'm moving into a new day. I got something great ahead of me. I'm ready to move. And the land will be possessed. Healing and wholeness. Revelation and power. I'm ready to move. Father God, in the name of your son Jesus. Do today what only you can do. Every mountain that stands in front of us, cast it into the sea. Every heartbreak that holds us captive, break the chains that bind us. Every memory that makes us forget who you are because we're so focused on the pain, we tear it down in Jesus' name. And every high and lofty thought that would try to exalt itself above your throne we bring down in the name of Jesus I'm ready to move hallelujah I've been stuck here long enough you know what this is going to do for some of you folks you're going to quit blaming all what you've been going through on other folks and you're going to realize they didn't make you stuck in the first place. You made you stuck. If you're still sad over what they did to you all these years later, honey, you can move forward and still be sad. You don't have to be tied up in the corral. You don't have to be tied up in the stable. You don't have to be tied to some rock somewhere. You can move forward and Gather your tears and wipe your face and keep putting one foot in front of the other. I'm not diminishing your pain and I'm not telling you you shouldn't be hurt. But don't let it stop you 
from turning the page. What you've been through is not the period in your story. It's a comma. Turn the page. God bless you, Prophet Victor. I love you. Praise his name.